Welcome to the Tales of Africa podcast with your host, Richmond Setrana. Today, I have someone in our studio with a very interesting story to tell. So I think his story makes up for one of the greatest survival stories in history. But before we delve into the juiciest part of the conversation, I'd like him to introduce himself and then what he does, and then we can proceed from there. So welcome to our studio, Harris Nokene. It's an honor to have you. Yeah, thank you very much. My name is Harris Nokene, the man who survived just before shipwreck. And today I am a professional commercial diver. So thank you. Yes, Harrison. Thank you so much. So yes, you've gone viral on social media. I know you've got a lot of interviews. You've been on YouTube. You've been all over the place telling your story. But I want my, my listeners to also hear it from your own mouth. Okay. So what happened? How come you were trapped under the bottom of the ocean for three days? What exactly happened? What actually happened is that the, the, the people that understand the story very well, we, we is those people, those mariners, those sailors, they understand what it takes to sail and to do some sailing operation in the sea. Friday afternoon, we tied up to this tanker, which is that May 26. So we tied up to this tanker, we we're there, we were loading. The very first day, it was successful. The second day, Saturday, it was successful. It was 10 minutes to five in the morning on Sunday. I was even going to the bathroom. Let me just go in the toilet. The next thing I saw was the vest turning upside down. Wow. So the whole guys were shouting, 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 shouting. So I was there. My head went down. WC was up. The next thing I knew, the WC fell on my head and my head was bleeding. I was trying to open the door, struggling the way. The whole place is blackout. I managed to open the door. So I saw one of the guys and uh, phone reflection of the phone lights. So, so I went towards that direction. I met them in the water tight door. They were trying to go outside the deck, but they could not because the water, this water tight door and the doors were all secured because of pirates. So we don't leave them open. We always keep them closed. It's only one door that's always open, which is the door at the wheelhouse. So it's only that one that is open. So we couldn't go out. So they were struggling to go out and the water came and the wheel axe is already down. The bottom of the vessel has turned upside down. So the propeller were up. Wow. The wheel is down. So the water that came from the vent and the door that is open in yeah. the wheelhouse. So the water just came from there. So we were trying to open the door. The water just came from our foot and flood us up. I see. So I asked myself, I said, I'm going to struggle with these guys here. I have to swim inside and look for a way to catch a breath. So I swim inside. As I was swimming inside, the, the swear, which is the force of the water, pushed me into a toilet, and it happens to be the second engineer's toilet. So I was there until the vessel got to the seabed, which is 33 meters deep. Then, when I was there, I heard uh, the guys shouting, other guys were shouting, 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 and the propeller, the anchors were throwing on the, the boat like that. So I knew I was on the seabed. So I was like, wow. So I was just like shouting, 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 shouting. Until he got to an extent by, I couldn't hear the guys again. Everybody was getting silent one after the other. So I was trying to open the door. I couldn't open the door of that toilet. So I went, I looked at the vent. So I saw that the second engineer's cabin, there's this sort of space of about um, a 1.5 meter space. So one, no, one, and a half, one and a half meter space. So I went there, I was there. So I saw a life jacket there. So I tried to make use of it, but I saw the call my, in contact with diesel. So the okay. uh, floater has melted, so it's not it's of no use. So, so I was just struggling. I was just struggling there to see how I could go to manage myself. So I tried to go through the water tidal. So I tried to go out. 
I tried more than 10 times. I could not. And in that process, I want to even lost my way. And if I lost my way, I would run. So I have to get the coveralls in there, tear them, make a rope. So I'll tie it in the cabin I was. So if I'm, I'm out of breath, I will put the rope and I'll be dragging myself down to back to that cabin where I can go to have some breath. I went back and I said, God, if it's your will, let it come to pass. So I keep praying, worshiping, praying, worshiping. Because the only person I know that can rescue me of that situation is only God. Because it's not something that a man can come there and help me. So it's only God I believe in that can do that. For me. So I, could, I keep praying. Because before I got the job, I prayed about the job. and I dreamt the job came. And really, it came. So even before I got to that location to do that job, I was in Portacot before to work and in a boat, in a dry dock. So I was cross-posted to that place. And I finished my days on board. So it was my relief to come and relieve me. He said, he's not feeling fine. He could come. And I should say one week, one week extra. Oh. And that's what I was doing before we got the incident. So I was there. So I was praying. I was praying seriously. I prayed to an extent. I stopped praying. I started worshiping because I believe in God because he is the only person that I've seen me through in my life that knows my beginning and my end and my footsteps and things I do in my life. You understand? Because if, 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 he, if he don't guide myself or if I didn't see anything, I don't go for it because I know it's not the will of God in my life. So, and actually I've dreamt of this incident, but in the incident, I survived. I didn't die. And in the same place I found myself and in the same situation I find myself. So the dream reflect back to me again. So I said, praising God, praising God, praising God, praising God, worshiping. So I, I, I've, I've been there a very long time, weak, no oxygen again. I will pour the water on my chest to revive myself. And I was alive in there and the crayfish were eating me live, hey. like a mosquito. They were biting me, eating my ass, my leg, my stomach. Wow. So I was there. So I was struggling for life. Struggling. I'm telling you. So at the end of the day, I heard a sound outside the vessel. We'll come to how you were saying. Oh, okay. Let me ask this. So at that point in time, okay, when you were being eaten by fish alive, you were you were so cold. I'm sure you thought you never knew how you're going to get out of this. Okay, what was going through your mind at that moment? You do you think you're going to survive this? The and first thing that got in my mind that ah, this is I'm going to die because wow. I have access to nothing, and the whole world became nothing to me. Mm. Then I started understanding the world when people. When you preach the gospel to people that what shall it profit a man to get the old and lose his own soul? Mm. In there, I was just like, wow, I, I'm missing my wife. How will my wife live when I'm no longer alive? You understand? I keep praying, praying, praying. But to an extent, I started worshiping, worshiping, worshiping. So when I heard the sound, I believed that something is about to happen. So I, I went down the vessel and I got the water dispenser. I removed the filter from it and I started banging on the the iron plate of the vessel, hitting the vessel, like in the means of transferring signal to anybody that is outside the vessel. So not knowing that there was a diver that came to place a marker boy on the vessel to know the spot okay. that the vessel sank. Okay. So that was what they were doing. So I didn't know. But every oppression that goes on the surface of the water, I understand that he hears them on the water. So knows the vessels around. Okay. So that's how I was coping then. And those are the things that was running through my mind because... For me, a lot of things was coming to my mind, like something was like saying, ah, why did you call your, your ancestors, your father, your mother? I was I like, <laughs> salvation is personal. At this stage I am in my life, I know, I know as a Christian, the only person that can help me, that I can lay my, my voice to, I can call upon is God. And I know he would do it. So, And he's the one I was only calling. So I kill those thoughts in me and focus on Christ. So that was the things that was running through my mind. 
that's 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 really profound. And I'm sure at that point in time, when you're thinking about your family, you realize that when it when it comes down to when life becomes very critical, what matters to you are the people around you, your friends, your family, those yes. that you have meaningful relationships with. And my material things yes. mean nothing to you at that at that point in time. Yes, because you know, at that moment in time, you understand that like I keep telling people, you I walk, but I don't walk for myself alone. Okay. I work for my family, I work for friends, I work for sister, brothers, nephews, friends, like that, because when I get paid, they knew I get paid, and they start bringing their issues one after the other. Mm. And I can say no, that I can help. I keep helping with the little I can, I would do. So at that time, I was just also asking myself, how would they cope? So that was like three days, your family hadn't heard from you, right? When I was there, there's no communication. The oh, whole world okay. was useless before me. Okay. The whole world was useless before me. No phone, nothing, nothing. Just in the water, looking at the dark from morning to night. I don't even know when it, whether it's, it's day, whether it's night. I don't know. The whole place was just dark. So I so, never knew if anything was existing. If I know it was useless. There's no way to communicate with anybody. So it's like being in the grave, being buried in a grave. Wow. You understand? You have access to nothing. So per your, per your own calculations, how long do you think you were under the water? I think when you came out, they told you you've been there for almost three days, but how yeah, long do you think when, you were there? Yeah, when I came out from the water, then I came out, I came out the third day, 10.30 and the night. Okay. So when I checked the time, the boat got sunk. And that time, it becomes three days. Okay. Exactly three days. Wow. Under the seabed, which is 72 hours. Wow. So how long do you think you spent there? When when you were struggling, trying to, you know, survive, how long was it for you? When I was there, I never knew the time. I was just thinking in me that it's just a day. Okay. I never knew I've been there for three days. That's going to three days. I see. Wow. So how did you survive this? I will tell you it's the grace of God because the grace of God was just sufficient for me because I'm yes. not the, the most righteous or the most holy or the most Christian or the one, the one that is more, more, more close to God or whatsoever. Mm. I'm not the best swimmer. I'm not, I can't even classify myself as one thing, you understand, because God is a judge. You understand me? Yes, I understand you. But I was just surprised that I was the survivor among the 12 persons that was on board because... If you, if you bring the 12 persons, I think I'm the one that is less experienced or skilled in swimming. I see. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I think divers were sent to recover dead bodies, right? The vessel nothing float. It was only a piece of papers that was floating. So they said, we are all gone. That nobody mm. can survive it for even to us. That we are all gone. That they should forget about us. But the, com- the company said, go and get the spanners, the diseases. Go and bring them dead bodies at least we can give the dead bodies to the family okay. so they, when, they, when the divers got there they got the first dead body they got the second dead body they got the third one the fourth one the guy was searching when i saw the, the diver so i swim towards him and tap him and he was so scared he was running away but i was I still following imagine. him underwater i couldn't breathe but i was still following him underwater for a while until he found out i was alive mm. and he came close to me and he was talking to me in the terms of signal, so I should not be scared. This is a very, very interesting experience. When it was uh, viral, going viral on social media, people were saying this is this yeah. is false story. This is not true. It's not possible. You know, I I saw the messages. I saw the messages. Uh, it's not true. It's a, it's a fake story. 
I was just laughing because I I know those people, they are not mariners, they've not worked in the sea, they don't have experience about what is going on. That's why they are saying that. And I won't blame them because a lot has been going on on social media. So we have a lot of false, uh, false stories from bloggers and the rest like that. So they wouldn't really believe because actually when I even told a, a, a pastor of a church, okay. so he was even saying that if it's, if it's black magic that I use, did they even know? So I told him, I said, go, I told him, I said, go and bring the ancestors in your village. Tell them that they should go and rescue you and you should go there wow. and rescue yourself. I said, you would die within a minute. <laughs> Nothing will ever bring you back to life. I said, even though my ancestors can't even rescue me in that place because I know very well. So what I have ancestors, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in ancestors, actually. So okay. whether people believe in ancestors, I don't care. But I keep telling him, if it's your ancestors go there, you will die within a minute. So I was just, to me, I was just like, why will a man of God be saying like this? Later on, they finally believe that it's true. Okay. So how has your life changed since this incident? Yeah, this, I... the incident actually has taught me a lot of things. Okay. I live, I live like every day is my last day on earth. Mm. I do my best to please my friends, family, live at peace, happiness with them. I do not have enemy. I don't get angry. I finally understand that when you are no more on earth, what people say about you on earth matters a lot, which is the people you are dear to, the yeah. ones you do good to, the ones yeah. you favor the life. What they say to, about you is very paramount. It's very important. When somebody dies, when people say that wicked one, you go to die again. It's not wow. a good comment because you are wicked, because you are bad. You are, you are not a good person on earth. But when people keep saying that, oh, if everybody die, I believe one person will survive and it's this guy that will survive. Is a good word, and I can. And, and when I came out, more than 10 persons keep saying this from their mouth from different states in Nigeria that have met with me, that have known me. They keep saying it that if, every, if everybody would die, RSC will survive. Wow, RSC cannot die. Wow. And really, when I came out, even in my company, my company was saying that you guys are saying rubbish, everybody have died. My other brother walked to them and told them that they should go and search. That one person will survive. That everything will not die. Everything will survive. Thank you. And they were surprised that why is this guy so brave, saying these words. And actually, when it happens, a word came to pass. Mm. Mm. So I believe God was seriously watching over me because His grace was sufficient for me. Thank you. You have family and friends, people who are dear to you, people who love you, and people who who believe in you, and and it makes all yes. the difference. Of course. Wow. So, you know, your, your, your story actually reminds me of Docas in the Bible. You know, when she died and then the widows and all that, they went to show Peter the, the dresses that she made for them and all that kind of thing. And then she was raised back to life. Yeah. So I think because people look up to you, people rely on you and you do good to people. People know that when death comes knocking at the door, you are somebody who cannot be taken away, just like Docas in the Bible. Yeah. And it's very interesting. So let me ask you this next question. Okay. So, um, what advice will you have for anyone who finds themselves in a life or death situation just like you did? You know, I'll tell you that, I'll tell you something that people don't understand in this life. Okay. There are so many secret killers in this life. Mm. And the secret killers are panic, okay. fear of the unknown. You understand? Yes. Some people, they, they find themselves in the situation, they've not even 
thoughts or try to encourage yourself to struggle through the situation or to fight through the situation, they will just give up immediately. <laughs> and when you, when you embrace fear, your BP shoots up. Your whole body system changes immediately. Your mm. thinking faculty changes immediately. You don't think right anymore. Okay. Do you understand? Yes. But at that moment, I found myself there. I composed myself to the minimum whereby I don't even shout. I was so calm. Like, I know if it's death, I will die. Mm. I know if life permits, I will survive. You see, people that is dying of this pandemic, many yes. of them, only the word that they will hear from the doctor that you have corona. That's true. 50% of them have died already. Mm. So when you even give them medication, it won't work because they know already that they will die. Because they've already embraced fear, panic in them already. So that, 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 my advice for them is that they should be brave, courageous in life. It is not over until it's over. They encounter a life, on, except God said it will happen or it will come to pass before it will. Okay. So, Harrison, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I think this has been a very interesting segment and we've really learned a lot. Your, your story has really inspired me, has given me hope and then a renewed sense of faith. So, do you have any last words for our listeners? Maybe shout outs to maybe family, friends, your pastor, whoever has stood by you in that difficult period of your life. Whatever, what's, what last yeah. words do you have to say generally? Yeah, for me, I, I, I keep telling people I'm an inspiration to people and my inspiration doesn't stop. I keep pushing ahead. Like people surprised today, I became a diver. I'm still going back the sea. I'm still wow. diving. I'm still going under the sea. That's my job. That's my profession for the, the year. And I'm now I'm going for a course to achieve the deepest dive of my life. <laughs> wow. Embracing the field. So I keep telling them that they should be brave. They should not be put down by any situation in life. Okay. The, tomorrow is better than today. What the future has for them is better, greater, better than what they are experiencing today. So they shouldn't give up with any small thing, with anything that happens in their life. If I can be pushing up like this, they should do better than me. All right, Harrison. God bless you so much. God bless you for joining us today. Okay. And then I think our listeners have really been inspired. And then to our listeners, I urge you to continue, you know, listening to our podcast, subscribe to our channels on Facebook, Instagram, and, and Twitter. On Facebook, we are Tales of Africa. Instagram, we are Official Tales of Africa. And then on Twitter, we are Africa Tales. Subscribe to our podcast and stay tuned for more amazing content about Africa. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll catch you another time. Bye-bye.